Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is a beautiful Sabbath. Lord, we, we wonder why sometimes uh, we're here, sometimes why we stay at home. Yet, Father God, we pray this morning that as your Holy Spirit comes into this room to give us this fulfillment, we pray, Father God, that you can just uh, give us the assurance that we are here for a purpose and for a reason. Father God, I often wonder as a pastor, who needs to hear the message? I come to you asking, what do you want me to preach? Sometimes I think, well, somebody needs to hear that, and maybe they don't show up, but yet, Father, the ones that did show up are here. Somehow you tailor-make the message, no matter how off-topic it may seem. But I pray, Father, that today the people that are here can take away a message that comes from you. And Father, if the message today, they take it with them home, and they're still remembering it on Monday, I say praise the Lord. So give us your Holy Spirit. Humble us, Father God, and thank you for your love. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. A typical American family was driving home from church one Sabbath. The father was fussing about the sermon being too long, and he also said it was boring. Mom said the organist played too loud. The sister said, said the soloist sang off key. Grandma said she couldn't hear the sermon because her hearing aid wasn't working. But as they pulled into the driveway, little Junior brought everything into perspective and he said, yes, you are right, but you got to admit it was a pretty good show for a nickel. And as we are listening to this story, you know, it reminds me that, you know, we're, we belong to church, we belong to a community, we belong to a, a different group of people from different walks of life, and you kind of wonder, well, you know what, there are different ways to do things, we have different preachers, we have different musicians, we have different people that bring different talents, and to me personally, I say praise the Lord, but at the same time, as a pastor, I get from time to time, oh, pastor, you know that sermon didn't speak to me. Oh, pastor, the worship service wasn't good enough. Well, pastor, the offering call wasn't read properly, etc., etc., etc. And it seems that we have the ungrateful ones and we have the ones that are thankful. We have the ones that look to the negative while others look for the positive. We have the ones that complain and the ones that are complimentary. If we have our Bibles, we can turn in into this story real quick. Is it into this, uh, I'm sorry, to this scripture. I was told that I read it too fast, so I'm going to give you guys some time. But Numbers 11, Numbers 11, as far as the scripture reading goes, as far as the 
uh, Bible goes, the Bible verse, Numbers 11, chapter 1. We might possibly see it in the screen, but if not, my friends, please, that's why you brought your Bibles. And if you brought your Bibles, please say amen. amen. And if you're in Numbers 11.1, 1, please say amen. amen. And it says here, Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and His anger was aroused. And then continues the even more burning words. The fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some on the outskirts of the camp. The people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. You know, it seemed to me that, you know, and, and as far as, you know, and I know I've preached a similar message before, but, you know, it seems to me that whenever Moses was trying to do something right, you know, uh, every, every time he turned around, there was always something to grumble about. You know, when Moses, I wonder, I wonder if Moses, because Moses was a natural leader, I wonder if Moses was a people pleaser. You know, some of you might even think immediately, well, no, he wasn't. Well, you know what? We don't know that. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord most of the time. But at the same time, I kind of wonder, well, I want the people to be fulfilled. I want the people to know that, hey, you can have a relationship with Christ. But you remember when they were in the desert. You know, we, I was actually just talking about this with one of my church members. They were in the desert, you know, and they had all of these incidents, and they grumbled and grumbled and grumbled after God Himself took them out of Egypt. They complained and complained. They were in the desert. Remember that, that desert journey, it lasted 40 years. It should have lasted days. But because they complained and grumbled, the journey became lengthier. Everybody with me so far? You remember that? This was back in December. Hey, they complained about the water. Oh, you don't like the water? Do you remember? They remembered. <laughs> they complained about the manna. They complained about their leaders, etc., etc. And my friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, every time we grumble, every time we complain, our blessing is delayed. Numbers 14, 27. You don't have to get it. You can just follow me here. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints with the children of Israel, and they're making it against me. He said, this is God Himself speaking through the words of Moses, that the congregation was evil because of it. And sometimes, my friends, we come to church and we act, dare I say, I'm sorry and I'm going to use this word, but sometimes we come to church and we act so entitled because we think things need to be a certain way and things need to be this way and things need to be that way. And when we don't get the way that we believe it is, which by the way, I'm not saying that your way is wrong, I'm not saying my way is right, I'm just saying that we have different ways to think. But we can't, you know, we can't really find common ground. It seems, my friends, that, you know, we are constantly looking for what we have in disagreement rather than what unites us in the first place. We can easily hide behind a cloak of righteousness. 
Reminds me of this story. A man sat down to supper with his family. They prayed over the meal, thanking God for the food. But during the meal, he complained. It was breakfast time about the toast, the coffee, and the eggs. His young daughter questioned him. And remember, they just prayed. She said, Dad, do you think God heard your prayer today? And he answered confidently. He said, well, yes, of course he did. Then she asked, well, do you think God heard what you said about the toast, the coffee, and the eggs? Not so confidently, he answered, why, yes, I do believe so. And the little girl concluded, and she says, well, which one do you think God believed, Dad? It seems, my friends, it seems that whenever, whenever we try to find some sort of unity, we'd rather focus on the things that separates us. Numbers 21, verses 4 and 5, it says, They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. I know I hear some pages turning. I am so sorry. I will let you get there. Numbers 21, verses 4 and 5. My apologies. I'm sorry. I, uh, I get a little spirited and a little fast uh, as I read and I'm going through the message. Numbers 21, verses 4 and 5 says, They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no food, there's no water, and our soul loads with worthless bread. My goodness. You know, every situation is different. Rather, you know, remember, we here in this church, we didn't come from Egypt, maybe some of you did, hopefully not, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about under the rule of King Pharaoh, who kept them as slaves, who kept them constantly doing work that they did not want to do. They wanted freedom. God said, you want freedom? Fine, I am going to give you freedom. Follow me. And as you're following, oh great, we are no longer slaves under Egypt. Where are we going? I'm going to take you to the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. The Bible does not say, by the way, almond or soy milk. It just says milk. All right? And it's talking about real honey as well. But regardless of that, they were going through that journey. They don't understand that transitions sometimes are hard. Now many of you, if you're going from one place to another, there's a middle point that you kind of have to adjust and you kind of wonder, oh, why, God, are you letting me go through this? That's the same thing that the Israelites were doing. And God said, listen, all you have to do is follow me. Don't focus on Moses. Don't focus on the person that's in front of you. Don't focus on the person that's behind you. You come follow me. No, they decided to focus on the things that they did not like. And because they focused on those things, they, I should say, their journey got longer. Their, delay, their, their blessing got delayed because they grumbled. Here's a little poem for you called The Grumblers. In country, town, or city, some people can be found who spend their lives grumbling at everything around. They grumble and grumble and grumble no matter what we say, for these are chronic grumblers because they grumble night and day. 
They grumble at the preacher. They grumble at his prayer. They grumble at the offering. They grumble everywhere. They stay away from meeting because it's hot or cold. And when it looks like raining, well, a headache or a cold. They grumble when it's raining. They grumble when it's dry. And if a little chilly, they grumble and they sigh. And when they go out shopping and see the prices high, they grumble and they grumble and they grumble till they die. Is it possible that God is telling us, you're in this situation for a reason? It might not seem the most ideal situation, but let me tell you something that already you need to be thankful for. You are here. I was hoping to hear a, a bigger amen on that personally. You don't have to give it to me. But you are here. You might think that your situation is not the greatest at the moment. You might think that your situation is not ideal. But you are in that situation for a reason. Let me ask you a question. I know that some of you, and I'm wondering who needs to listen to this message, you're in a certain situation back at home. Did you ever wonder, oh, why am, in this why am I in this situation? I know you have, but have you asked yourself this question, God, what is this situation for? You know, it makes a whole difference. Sometimes what might seem an affliction is really a blessing in disguise. Please turn with me to Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians I might say, chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And by the way, Randy, did you get that ready? Excellent. I'll let you know. It says, therefore, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our, our, our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God is saying, listen, I am working in you. Are you going through pain? Yes, but I am working in you. Does it seem like it's been forever that you've been through this? Yes, but I am working in you. Praise me no matter what. Have you heard the story of the man who raced horses for a living? When one of his prize stallions ran away, his friends gathered at his home to mourn his great loss. After they had expressed their concern, the man said, the man said he ran away, praise the Lord anyhow. A couple days later, the runaway horse returned with several strays following close behind. That very afternoon, the horse kicked the owner's son and broke the young man's leg. Once more, the crowd assembled to express their sorrow over the incident. And the man said, praise the Lord anyhow. You know, you wonder why you have to praise the Lord for these terrible things that happened. The father said again, well, only a few days later, war broke out. The man's son, however, was exempted from the military service because of his broken leg. This tale points out that from experiences of life, we need to trust God. My friends, when we complain, we are demanding things from God as if we deserve them. 
I don't know about you, but I think Romans 3.23 tells us what we really deserve. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is what we deserve. Romans 6.23, it says that those that sin, their penalty is death. When we complain, we show how little faith we have. When we complain, we show how immature our characters are. James 1, chapter, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When we complain, we delay the blessing that God has for us. When we complain, we fail to see how God has blessed us already. When we complain, we show how ungrateful our hearts are. And Randy, if you're ready, you can, you can roll it now. But when we complain, I wonder, this is just me, of course, if this is how we look to God. That's not part of it. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Man, I'm a... Uh... What's so funny? You know, there's a passage... Actually, I want you to look this up. Found in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way, for those of you that have been wondering. By the way, does this look weird? You know what? Let's read. It says here, Hebrews 5, verse 12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised 
to discern both good and evil. Let me tell you something. The author of Hebrews, which personally I believe it's Paul, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of debate on that. Hebrews to me is kind of Paul's PhD. But you think this looks weird. Be honest with me. Yeah, it does. Any adult that is sucking from a baby bottle, yes, that definitely looks weird. You know what also looks weird? This right here sometimes. You know why? Because some of you, this is the only food that you eat weekly. Some of you, this is the only food that you come and you expect the pastor to give you on a weekly basis. And you know how you look when you do that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, this does look weird. And it's funny because you've been coming to church for such a long time. And you don't have your own relationship with God at home. You want to come to church to be fed. And you know what? If you're expecting somebody else to feed you, everybody following me where I'm going with this? If you're expecting somebody else to feed you, I wonder where you are in your spiritual growth. Granted, some of us have never met God. And then you need to start out with this. That's fine. But when you've been coming to church your whole life, and you're still doing this, that's weird. I'm sorry, it is weird. I'm going to tell you something. You know, I have a beautiful baby boy. We've talked about calling men beautiful and all that. But I have a beautiful baby boy that whenever he wakes up, he smiles. And every time he smiles, he fulfills my soul. But when he's hungry, oh, mercy. 90% of the time, maybe he doesn't look just like that, but he will whine, he will complain that his little tummy is not fed. Is that okay at his age? It's not only okay, that's it's how it's supposed to be. But what if he grows up to be a teenager and he's still... Would that be weird? Yes, it would be weird. Some of us have been coming to church our whole lives, my friends, and we'd rather have someone else feed us. You complain so much, and I've heard it before. So, uh, you know, uh, Pastor, the sermon, it wasn't good enough. And let me tell you something. The sermon was not about you. The sermon was about Christ and what Christ can do for you. You complain about the music, the worship, and everything, it seems that it's not ever good enough. Let me tell you something. You need to be fulfilled. I didn't, get my, I didn't get so much from this. I didn't get so much from that. And, you know, you want the pastor to just constantly... And you know what's funny? It's like this. You want some? Wah. 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 You know what I'm talking about. And then you often wonder that, okay... Why is it that you grumble? Maybe you need to ask yourself, why do you grumble? Do you know why you grumble? Do you know why you're unhappy? It's because of you. It's your own fault. 
You're unhappy because you suck from this bottle. What's so funny? You know, you're coming, you know, and, you're, you're, and when you suck from this bottle, it almost seems like you're sucking the life out of people. You're not fulfilled. You're empty inside, and you're constantly sucking the life out of people. You want somebody to go and to really fulfill you when God says, I am a spring of living water. I want you to come and be fulfilled. You're going to these places that do not hold water and you end up disappointed because they didn't fill you. I love it when David says, the Lord is my what? The Lord is that person shepherd? That church member shepherd? The pastor? No, no, no. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want from other people because God fulfills me. Some of us maybe are not fulfilled as parents. And when we're not fulfilled as parents, we want to get this fulfillment from our kids. Some of us are not fulfilled as children because you still have not found your own relationship with God. Some of us are not fulfilled overall. And we're trying to look fulfillment in different places. God says, I want you to come get this fulfillment from me. And when you get this fulfillment, my friends, our grumbling lessens drastically because our love has increased dramatically. I know this looks weird, by the way. And trust me, I'm not regressing. But if this looks weird right here, how weird does it look when we do it to other people. In case you're wondering, this is almond milk. <laughs> God says today, don't get your fulfillment from anybody else. You, come follow me. You remember that story? of, uh, you know, Jesus had just resurrected. They were by the sea. Peter had just been reinstated. Everybody know where I'm going with this. Peter has just been reinstated. He, Jesus asked Peter, 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 do you love me? Yes, of course I love you, Lord. Asked him three times. Jesus then tells him the manner and he's going and, and the way that he's going to show his love by historically speaking being crucified upside down. Peter was shocked. And then he noticed another man by the side. And he said, "What about him? What about John? Do you remember that?" What did Jesus reply? "What is that to you?" Why do you worry about him? You come follow me. Don't worry about him. Don't worry how much he's making. Don't worry about his family. Don't worry about the cars that he drives. Don't worry what role he has in church. You come 
follow me. You know, the grumblers, they constantly were wondering if in fact God was listening. Let me tell you something, and we know this for a fact. God was there. Maybe in the moment it didn't feel like it. All right? It didn't feel like it. But God was there. God was there in the pain. I don't know who, need to, who needs to listen to this message, but God is there in your pain. My question is, have you reached out to God in your pain? Oh, I've done it once. Do it again. Oh, I've done it all week. Keep doing it. And look for God's will in your life. Look for God's will, God's purpose in your life. By the way, speaking of God's will, and I'll close with this, when it is not God's will, you can't force it. When it's God's will, you can't stop it. Just remember, my friends, God is saying, you follow me so you can grow and mature and stop doing this. Because as weird as this looks, us depending on others for fulfillment is even weirder itself. God says, you come follow me.